Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haber. This episode features a virtual visit our class did with Ridley Pearson, author of the Kingdom Keepers book series. In the visit, Ridley talked to the class about his idea for the books, the research he conducted to write each book, the writing process, and some of the things that have come from him writing this beloved book series. I'm really excited for you to listen to this episode. I hope you enjoy it, and please come along with us on our adventure. We can go ahead and get started. um, As we talked about last week, um, Ridley Pearson, is he's the author of the popular Kingdom Keepers books. Um, And so he's going to talk to us today about um, some of the things he did writing the books, also about the books, and we'll open it up for questions and answer afterwards. Um, so, Ridley, I will go ahead. Started a family and had uh, two incredible young young girls. And 
so that when you put a strawberry or a coin or something very small in the base of this dish, it's not very big, but you put it in the base, it pops up as a hologram on the top. In this case, you have this little tiny pink plastic plate, and it just, as you were listening to him go on and on all day, you saw this pink sitting on this dish. And at one of the back of bricks, I went up and tried to pick up the pig, and my fingers went right through it. I mean, it looked exactly like a plastic pig. And, and I went, holy crap, it's a hologram. And that was when I went, oh, I know how to do the book for Disney. If I make the kids holograms, then anything happening to them that's violent is only happening to an image. It's not happening to a kid, so the lawyers will approve it. And I redid my outline and made the kids holograms, and the attorney said, go ahead, you can write these books, these are going to be terrific. Well, at that point, I said to the editor, here's the problem, is the way I write is I research, and then I write, and then I edit. I research, write, and edit. And my research is really observation. So the problem here is, you would think you'd give me full access to your theme parks, or I won't be able to write these stories. And she said, we don't give anybody full access to the theme parks, because what I wanted to do, what I was asking her, was to go in after the parks closed, alone, at Rockland. And, and she said, we just don't do that. 
So with the, um, I know you mentioned people catching uh, mistakes or differences in the books and everything. Beyond that, just kind of what is your experience with fans of these books and kind of anybody who's ever read them? What's your experience with them? Yeah. 
really interesting to me. And it's something I'm careful about now because I'm aware that it happens. So I, I don't want that. I don't want to send any of them the wrong direction. You know, you get a greater responsibility for the fact that these people really believe they're building now. So I, I gotta have to be, be pretty human and consistent throughout. Anyone else have questions? Um, if you wanted to write something new, would you? And also, like, what type of style would it be? Yeah, I write new stuff all the time, sure. Um, and uh, right now, I'm writing, I haven't started yet, but I'm writing uh, the first, but I hope to do a series that is sort of middle grade work. And uh, I mean, the group made, uh, I know my guys know I'm talking, so I know well. Uh, and he's just unbelievably popular still in grammar school. And my bandmate, Stephen King, uh, is popular from about ninth grade on. But there's this sort of sixth grade to eighth grade boy in there. And I would love to write sort of chilling books that are a little grittier than the King of Keepers, um, set in a fictional town. Um, so that's wrong with that. I'm writing a bunch of scripts for television that probably never will be seen. Um, and uh, I've got an adult, series, a, an adult series I'm working on as well. So I'm always, I'm always working on two or three projects at once. I got this really re weird request about three weeks ago. And I, I'm vacillating between doing it now, but there's, there's a woman who's starting a nap company. You don't know when you go to a museum, you can get the headphones. And I have got to do in museums, but you you put on headphones or earbuds and it walks you through the exhibits and sort of tells you about the paintings and the history and this and that. Well, a woman has come up with a pretty clever idea to do this now that we're in the uh, in the smartphone age to do this like in a city, so you can do a tour in Italy of Michelangelo, uh, or you can you know and then, and then you can. Uh, da Vinci in Florence, uh, and you pay three bucks, four bucks, and you plug, you plug your earphones into your phone, and you can go around the city and, and sort of learn about the city and see things you wouldn't otherwise see. Kind of a, a guided visitor's tour. And they've asked Dave Barry and me to do one about J.M. Barry, who wrote Peter Pan, uh, because most of his creativity happened inside high market. Uh, so they've asked us to come over to London and, and sort of plot this hour and a half walk through the park. Uh, so you get these weird requests like this. I don't know whether to do this thing or not. There's, that, you know, there's, there's no real promise of money in it. If you make a ton of money, you can make no money. So um, I mean, that's something else I'm considering right now, but it's such a weird one. I don't know whether to do it or not. But one of the fun things for me has been that since the it's actually been very fun at a moment, but the fun side of it is in terms of success of the game keepers and being the star catchers. Um, before I can really think of an idea, somebody comes to me and asks me to write something. Like DC Comics came to me and said, Would like you to write a trilogy about the Super Saiyan, Son of Batman and Son of Superman? I finished that and they said, Now we'd like you to write an original idea um, and do three books on that, so I'm writing something called The Indestructibles. Um, but it's been, a, it's been a real uh, benefit of the last four or 
years or so that publishers come to me and ask me to write things, not necessarily telling me exactly what to write, but sort of like, we'd like you to write something in this area for us, what you have, and I throw ideas out at them, and they go, yeah, do that. Um, so I've had a really fun ride because of these big books. Yes? Uh, so since the uh, book series has been very popular, how would you feel if they decided to turn it into a um, we've been, uh, by the Kidman Keepers, since year three of the Kidman Keepers, and I think we're now into, uh, something like 17, we have had interest from Disney to make these books either into feature films or television, four different times. And each of those takes about a year and a half. Um, and it's been really fun and exciting, but one of the things you learn when you do I mean, I've written, I've published, I've published 57 books. Uh, and I've, I've had one at the ABC TV movie of the week. So, you know, your odds of getting that are incredibly small. I've sold the rights to them probably 25 times to different series and books that I've written. But I don't know I've never been So, I would love it because I think and it would sell more books, which would be a blast, uh, especially now that we're 15 years into this. Uh, and uh, you're recording this for broadcast, yes, right? Yes. Well, for, yeah, so I can't say any more than that. But there's more to be said. <laughs> any, any other questions? Anything else? Well, I appreciate you asking. Yeah, thank you and, for uh, it. I know you guys are, are Disney freaks, and all I can put you is if you get down to the parks, uh, if you ever do read the Kingdom Keepers book or two, if, I guarantee you, you will see the park in ways you've not seen before. Because uh, look, one of the things, probably, this goes back to your question a little bit, Cody, one of the biggest surprises of writing this series is that of the millions of books we've sold, Literally, we know statistically half are bought by adults, not by middle grade. Uh, because there are Disney fanatics out there that want to know what I know about being backstage in the parks. And I'm the only guy they've ever let do this. So the Kingdom Keepers books are the only way for adult freaks about Disney to find out things that they otherwise just can't find out. Some of it now with the internet, I've seen. More and more actually coming out, people talk about stuff that before that was always prohibited before, you know, 20 over the world or somewhere in there. But um, I, I think one of the cool surprises has been that adults read the books and they go in and they see the park in ways that, that they just, you know, they wouldn't have seen it before because they wouldn't know that behind that door is a trash chute and that in the Magic Kingdom they sunk the trash out of the park, which is why you never see anybody feeling, you know, that. Yeah, thank you very much. Thank you. Have a good rest of the day, really.
around. So what did you think? Um, and has, has anyone has anyone ever read one of the books? Um, so I actually um, started reading, or actually started listening to the audio books very recently, um, which is how I came across Gentleman Thought. It would be pretty neat if he were if he could Skype in with us. Um, just an incredibly interesting story, incredibly interesting guy. Um, so, there we go. Um, so yeah, I can say that latest trip we took was in September um, and it does like you know, we, I don't I'm always interested in kind of what happens behind the scenes of things um, so like you know I've never tried to get behind the scenes of any of the rides or anything like that you get in trouble for that uh, but it was an interesting story he told about chicken door and the haunted mansion and how that led to and I mean the, the Disney youth programs uh, the kingdom keeper series but those, those two quests are extremely popular like you said um, we actually are when I was there I met with people about another class that we're trying to, to get up and running we'll talk about later in the semester um, where, where students would go and talk with about, talk with people at Disney about engagement and fan engagement and things like that. Um, and so that, they're all run through the same thing, Disney youth programs. There's the college edition, and then there's the like, grade school and high school edition. Um, and so I, I've looked through some of those programs that he has with the, the quests and everything. Just incredibly interesting. Um, so we have about 15 minutes to 20 minutes left um, we can do one of two things we can have um, we typically save it for the end of the semester for the question and answer but we can do question and answer now um, and then maybe it'll spark some things for future discussions and then later in the semester as well um, or if you you want to keep talking about are there are there any kind of when you came into this class when you signed up for um, being a fan of Disney what were your initial impressions what do you think this class was know we I think I told everybody the first semester I taught this I literally walked into the first day of class and thought we're gonna watch a video the whole time 
talking about rides and things like that. And so I asked the students, what do you want to know? And that was one of the things is, you know, how does all this work? What, what is this massive, now massive media conglomerate that um, owns so much of what we see in the entertainment industry? And so, yeah, from there, like, so we get into some of the things like that. And, but that's kind of what shaped where this class has led is, hey, let's, let's try to look behind the scenes. Let's try to talk about some of the different aspects of it, uh, which to me has been incredibly interesting over the last two and a half years to kind of learn more about the man, the company, um, how they open Disney World, what Epcot is, um, things like that. What, um, what do you mean dark stories? Like if there isn't like an exclusive booth or like sort of like stories that surround it or something. Okay, so so there are um, so is this is that particular instance is, is that a story that you've read or no, like, it's like um, like people have written about it online and stuff. So the um, the different the different conspiracy theories is it something that I've gotten into really or I, I have gotten into and, and read much about. Um, there are some of the more controversial things that Disney has done uh, that we can we can talk about, we can touch on. I the reason I ask are, are these books or stories that you read is there's um, I can't remember who the writer is, but she writes twisted tales. And she kind of takes, they're really interesting, she takes the villains and, uh, or actually there's a there's a book series called Villains and there's another book series called Twisted Tales. And they, they take the Disney stories and they turn them over, basically. So like one of the villain stories is about the evil queen in Snow White. And how, <clears throat> excuse me, um, through this series, of events, how she kind of turned into the evil queen. And it was a loving relationship with Snow White at first, and then eventually, you know, she was corrupted by, um, I won't give too much of the story away, but corrupted by kind of other people into believing that Snow White was, you know, a threat to her, an enemy to her. And um, then, you know, that's where the, the magic mirror comes in, and um, kind of her, Things from her past come back to, to where she is trying to prove herself to essentially whoever's in the magic mirror. Um, and uh, there's another one about the beast and how the beast kind of, it just tells more of that story of Belle and the beast and how like he kind of became the beast um, and then 
Um, but you know, there are there are obviously controversial issues as well. I think last week we talked about um, and Whitley mentioned um, Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain is one of the most popular rides in Disney parks, but it's based on a movie that you probably most of you will probably never see. Has anybody in here ever seen Song of the South? Song of the South was a novel, um, or based on a novel written in antebell the antebellum South, the pre-Civil War, and it is about the movie is about a young boy um, who is bullied by his peers, and he seeks guidance and friendship, and who is now a shareholder on his family's plantation. And the main person in the, the story or the movie, the shareholder, uses these characters like Br'er Fox and Br'er Rabbit and Br'er Bear to tell the, all of these stories and really teach this young boy these life lessons. Um, however, when that was being, when the movie was being made, um, Walt Disney actually um, consulted with a lot of said, how can we tell the story, um, or how should we tell the story, and so, you know, received a lot of advice on how, here's how you tell the story in different ways that aren't going to seem as controversial to some people, and, um, you know, change this, and change this, and um, to be less controversial to the viewer audience, um, and, you know, as society progresses, progresses um, our idea of what's acceptable progresses as well, right? Which is an overall benefit. You know, that's how you progress. That's how society moves forward. And so what was deemed, it was when the movie was released, it was still controversial and it received um, some negative press. Um, and then after, as society has progressed since then, it's become something that the company just doesn't distribute. It's not on Disney Plus, it's not, you have to either have an old copy or somehow find a copy that, you know, you can, you can watch. And it, it's one of the, if you've heard the song, Zippity Doo Dog, that's where that song comes, that's where that song is from. Um, and they, the Imagineers, when they they used to have the Mickey Mouse Review, or no, um, not Mickey Mouse Review, that was at Walt Disney, but at Disneyland, it used to be called, it was something like America was Beautiful or America was Great or something. It was a story where they had a lot of the early audio animatronics that they made at Disneyland. And after the run of the show was over, they needed something else or somehow to use those characters. And so on the way in, one of the Imagineers on his way into work um, came up with the idea of, hey, we can use all of these characters like mice and rabbits and bears and all of these kind of forest creatures as a background in this, or characters in this ride, and we can base it off of uh, Song of the South because a lot of the characters in that were like forced characters 
Um, so you know there are there are controversial things like that um, with uh, with the Me Too movement. You know John Lasseter is no longer at Pixar, no longer with Disney. Um, when you look at ABC, uh, Disney brought back the Roseanne show, and then not too long after that, she sent out some um, extremely offensive an extremely offensive tweet. Um, and so she was, she's no longer on that show. They canceled the show and then um, subsequently brought back the, the Connors is what it's called now. But so there are definitely controversial issues. A lot of the older cartoons that you watch on Disney Plus, they, they come with a statement at the beginning that says, you know, like some of the things in here were depictions of the time that may seem or may be inappropriate now or may seem um, a little uncomfortable now. Um, you know, there, there's a scene in the original Dumbo with uh, crows that a lot of people thought were disparaging to um, certain groups in the, in the United States. And so there, there have definitely been things that have happened in the company um, that have been more of those controversial issues. Um, I, I've never... So the, the thing about Peter Pan is that about kind of the original Peter Pan story? Or is it like, because a lot of what Disney, a lot of the cartoons Disney did or have done, a lot of the movies they've done, they've actually bought or purchased the rights from others, like, like Peter Pan, Snow White. Uh, I mean, Frozen 2 was after, or Frozen and Frozen is based on the Snow King, um, a popular book. And they actually make reference to that in Frozen 2 um, to, to the Dutch writer. So uh, is, do you know if it's on, like what you've read, it's about Disney or it's about like the original story? Okay. I have to, that's interesting. I'll have to look up some of those things. Other things that you, wanted to know when you signed up for a class like this? Mine was actually on the panel itself, about um, how it was Saskatchewan. Do you know if they've ever like thought about changing the theme for Saskatchewan? Like saying Saskatchewan is not appropriate or like some racist things associated? And so that has been that's, there's been a lot of discussion about that. Like for for fans, like I don't know the inner workings of the, the company. Uh, but you know, it is such a popular ride that I, I think a lot of people who ride it just think, hey, this is a really cool ride, and this is this story is about this ride. That's what it is. Uh, I mean, the main character from Song of the South, is, you never see him in the ride. Um, I, I would, Disney always changes, and the rides are always changing. Um, that's like, we, a lot of the, a lot of the King of Keeper books, the things have changed from that, right? So some of the rides that are written about that you read about no longer are there. Um, obviously, you know, like Animal Kingdom, there's now Pandora, the World of Avatar, and Hollywood Studios, which in the earliest King of Keeper book was still MGM Studios. Um, so they're always changing. You know, they, they have Star Wars Land. 
which we're in now. But so I wouldn't say it's never going to go away. Um, but it's just you know when when it's so pop when it's such a popular ride, I don't know if they would retune it. Um, there there I, there had been talk about like Moana and everything, adding a Moana ride to Magic Kingdom. Um, but now Mo, there's going to be a Moana. I don't know how far they just let them take that. Anything else? Um, I was going to do something maybe I heard. Well, nothing specific. Well, have you heard something already? Yeah. Oh, well, perfect. This is the second day of class. <laughs> We're on the right track, right? So um, let's take, let me take a quick look at what we're going to do the rest of the semester. With, uh, I think we have, what, three or four minutes? Um, Fourth hour syllabus. So, um, everyone. Know that the, there's no required reading in the class. Um, the requirement is to be able to have access to Disney Plus while you're in the course, and that's you know if your if your family has access to it, if you have access. Um, so what we have scheduled for the next two weeks is talking about the acquisitions. Um, so things like ESPN. We'll focus on ESPN, Fox. Pixar, and then Star Wars. Um, and then within ESPN, that's ESPN and ABC as well. So there's a really interesting story about how actually ABC was the, they were a young television company when Walt Disney was wanting to build Disneyland in the 50s, late 40s and early 50s. And they actually invested to help him build Disneyland. He, made a weekly television show for them called Disneyland. He used the money to, to build the theme park itself. Um, and then you jump forward, and I think it was 1980, I have to double check, late 80s, early 90s, that, uh, early 90s that Disney buys ABC from Capital Cities. Um, and so we'll get into some of those acquisitions talk about those, answer some questions about those, and maybe come across some things that you don't know and want to find more about. Um, and then the we have it scheduled for two weeks because um, that second week, I want to kind of talk about um, favorite movies, favorite characters, favorite things that have come from those acquisitions. Okay, uh, So that second week, we'll kind of have like a sort of a debate over um, favorite characters and everything. So I, I, I remember from the first class, uh, more Marvel fans than Star Wars fans, right? Okay. So on the 17th, would you like to have a discussion over, not the best movie, um, 
Well, we, we do something with movies later in the semester. But would you like to discuss um, best character from the MCU? And we could have discussion and debate over the MCU. So they have to exist in the MCU. All right. Um, and let, let's try to stick to the movies um, just so everyone's on the same page. Um, let's not go with like the Netflix and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Peggy Carter, and those series on ABC. Uh, stick to the characters that appear in the movie. Um, so that'll be on the 17th. Let's come come, with, come prepared to uh, persuade everyone why your chosen MCU character you think is the best. Okay? Um, and then next week, we will again go over case study number one. Uh, we went over it last week, but we'll go over it again next week. So any other questions? Have a good rest of the week. Thank you, everyone. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of the Being a Fan of Disney podcast. I'm your host, Cody Haver. I want to take this opportunity to thank everyone for joining us and listening and to say that I hope you found the information, whether content covered in class or interviews with guests, fun, informational, entertaining, and even inspiring. If you want to follow along with the class, you can do so by following me on Twitter at chaverphd. That's C-H-A-V-A-R-D-P-H-D. Or by joining the public group on Facebook, Being a Fan of Disney. If you want to engage with any of the guests we've had in class, their contact information is included in each of the show notes. So again, Thank you for joining us. It was a great time having you. If you like what you hear, please share this out so other people can engage with the information, possibly learn more about their Disney fandom and their love for all things Disney related. With that, thank you again and have a great day.